What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. You learn something from Kamala Harris every single day. Without semiconductors, uh-huh. your smartphone right. would not be a smartphone. Shut up. It would be a paperweight. Whoa! That occupies a big space in your pocket. Wow. I. Wow. I didn't know that. We have Thomas Massey on it saying, you know, he went to MIT. I bet he doesn't know that. <laughs> We're going to blow his mind next. 60 seconds. Getting yourself and your family out of debt has always been important, but I think you'll agree that it is more crucial now than ever. Whatever's coming at us with the economy, it is coming fast, and you don't want to have a bunch of debt when it gets here. What you're paying on your credit cards now, you're paying most likely about 20%. It can be as high as 25%. That is way too much. American Financing is here and would like to offer a solution. Now, it's not right for everybody, but I want you to check and see if it is right for you. Your home's equity. Could you pay off that credit card debt and get that huge interest rate down uh, someplace reasonable, like 5%? They're saving people just like you an average of $700 a month. And you could be able to delay up to two mortgage payments and close in as little as 10 days. Find out if this is right for you at American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Why, from the great state of Kentucky, it's Congressman Thomas Massey. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, we're just we're just about a week away from millions of Americans becoming felons. Yeah, and I have been trying to get an answer on this. I know people who have these guns, uh, and yep. they were purchased absolutely legally. They were legal. Everything else. There's no grandfather clause now, and the ATF is making it a felony as of is it the end of next week? Isn't it? That's right. June 1st, if you own one of these stabilizing braces for a pistol and it's mounted to a pistol, an AR-15 pistol or something similar, they say you're in possession of a short barrel rifle on that day, unregistered, if you haven't registered it, and uh, you'll get 10 years in prison if you're convicted. Okay, listen, this is, this is Thomas Massey um, questioning the ATF director. Listen. How many days do people have to comply with this rule? Um, so uh, they can always comply, but the, the initial period... Before they're felons. But the initial period, uh, I believe, uh, ends at the end of May. Okay. But, but people end of are... May. So we're... And it was 120 days. Is that correct? People are only felons if they intentionally Is it 120 days? The law. Uh, I believe it's 120 days from the... So we've got 36 public. days left of the 120-day grace period. Can you tell us here today how many people have complied by registering this product? Uh, I am not sure of the exact number. I can check, though, and get back to you. Uh, There are people who are making applications. There also can be detachment. So in other words, we don't count. We don't. That's not for us to regulate. If somebody simply, we wrote the rule to make it easy to comply with. Hmm. If somebody just at their home detaches the weapon from the brace and keeps them apart, 
they do not have to register anything. They can keep the brace. They can keep the business end of the gun. Okay, that, that's a great clarification. So you're not going to do some kind of constructive uh, prosecution where you say, oh, well, you had this and you had that and you intended to connect they're keeping them? The, I mean, if they can just keep them separately? them as we, as keep we them separately. Them, but okay, and, because and, that's and, not clear in your rules. Um, and and it, how, what is the punishment if somebody is uh, convicted as a felon under having this piece of plastic? On, uh, if people are convicted of not following the Gun Control Act, uh, it's a serious felony conviction, ten, but, is but it that 10 requires years? intent. Is it, can you just give me the number? Is it 10 years? Uh, I, I, I don't, I believe it's a statutory maximum of 10 years. I had, 10 I'll, years okay. for owning a piece of plastic? So the advice he gave you uh, that's the first I've heard that advice. It flies, it flies in the face of the rule that they have published and the slides that they've put out. Uh, they say that you must permanently re- remove and dispose of or alter the stabilizing brace such that it cannot be reattached. In other words, you, the rule says you have to destroy it. But under oath, the ATF director just told us that all you have to do is detach the two. And so he created this. And this is why Congress needs to be writing the laws, not some freaking administrative agency, because for 10 years they said this was legal. Now they're going to say it's illegal. And now he just muddied the waters again. So Jim Jordan and I sent him a letter on May 8th uh, because, as he said, the deadline's June 1st, and he hasn't responded yet. We want him to clarify this. It's, it's important to be clear on laws because people will be convicted of this. So... So, Thomas, what do you do? I, I, again, I have friends who have these. What do you do? Well, uh, somebody on Twitter told me he hid his in the desert. I don't know. Geocacher. Right. You know, I, it's, it depends on uh, your appetite for noncompliance. Now, I'm not a lawyer, and I don't want people to go to jail. But if I did keep these two and I did separate them, uh, as the ATF director testified under oath that you could do, I would use that as a legal defense if I were prosecuted. But if you're in a courtroom giving a legal defense, you may have gone too far already. There's a chance, there's a very good chance this will be struck down in the courts. But in the meantime, it is, uh, it is assumed to be the law of the land, even though it's just a rule promulgated by ATF. And what is it they're going to do? Go door to door to see who has these? Some of my colleagues asked that question. Uh, I suspect if they want you for something else, they will use this as an excuse. And uh, here's the other thing, Glenn. It's against the law for the U.S. government to create a registry of gun owners. But that is the remedy that they've suggested. If Correct. You don't, uh, they said you can register these things. Now, set aside the fact that in 13 states that's illegal to even register a short barrel rifle. But they said that you can register these things, you know, do your fingerprints, send in your picture and all of that to the uh, – to the FBI and all, and the background check and the ATF. And the, but now they're creating a registry of millions of gun owners. So I, you know, I'm so glad you played that testimony of, of the ATF director. It's so hard to explain the way he bumbled the answer and may have, may have just created a legal loophole for millions of Americans. Again, I'm not a lawyer. I'm did not you, telling you. Did you get a, did you get a response back from the ATF? You said you, 
you know, like 10th of May, you wrote to them. Right. Nothing yeah, yet? May 8th, nothing yet. It's been two weeks, and we're one week away from D-Day, and um, he hasn't responded. And this, by the way, I signed it as chairman of the subcommittee on the administrative state, and Jim Jordan signed it as chairman of judiciary. So, you know, this isn't, we didn't tweet this. This is a letter sent on congressional letterhead. Uh, to the ATF director. He needs to respond. These, by the way, I'll, I'll provide this letter for somebody's legal defense if they need it at some point. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'd love to, I'd love to take it and post it online uh, so yeah. people could have it. Um, so, um, Thomas, <clears throat> help me out on um, how we're going to stop this. These guys don't seem to care about Congress. They don't seem to care about the Supreme Court or anyone else. This has got to stop. All of our agencies are way out of control. There's only one way to do it. There's only one way to stop them. Uh, the, the polite letters are not working. I'm convinced they're heating their buildings over there with our letters mm. in the wintertime. Uh, and Scalia, I had the chance to meet with Antonin Scalia when he was alive, and my colleagues were upset. Because remember, when Obama was president and we were in the majority, they were doing the same stuff. And Scalia said, you're the most powerful branch of government. Use it. And one of my colleagues said, well, it's so hard to impeach somebody. Scalia says, I'm not talking about impeachment. You all fund everything you complain about. So here we are. We're in the majority. All the spending bills originate in the House. We just need to defund this pistol brace rule. Now, our first opportunity to do that will be October 1st. That creates several months of jeopardy, and who knows if that makes it through the Senate. But if we refuse to fund it, they can't fund it in the Senate. So that's what we need to do, defund the rule. And when we talk about defunding, um, we're looking at the budget uh, with Joe Biden. I mean, these people are so destructive. I, I wouldn't put it past them to go into default. Um, and that doesn't mean what everybody in the media is saying, but I, I think they would, they wouldn't mind that option. Do you, are, are, are you convinced that McCarthy will stand firm on this? Well, I hope he does stand firm. I don't know what's going to happen. If the, if it comes back squishy, I ain't voting for it. That's all I could tell you is myself. I won't vote for it. And by the way, if, when we reach the point at which they can't sell any more of the Postal Workers' Pensions Fund, which is what they're doing right now, they're selling the Postal Workers' Pensions Fund, li- liquidating it so they can pay pensions in Ukraine to government workers. But when they run out of that, when they run out of that runway, they, we still have money coming in enough to service the debt. It would take a conscious decision from Yellen to to decide to default on the debt. When we reach the, the ultimate debt limit, she would have to consciously decide not to service the debt because she's going to have enough money to service it. Absolutely incredible. Just incredible what's going on. Uh, Thomas, one last thing. I'd love to have you on because, you, you know, you went to MIT. You have uh, several patents uh, behind you. Um, this AI uh controversy that is going on i've been warning about ai in the way i'm both very excited and also at the same time very terrified that it means also either the best or the worst and maybe both of them uh and we have to have a national conversation about this and now it, it appears as though it is uh growing uh too late 
to have that kind of confirma- uh, uh, conversation. How worried are you are are you on on AI, not narrow but general AI, and you, things that are going you, on now? You've been at the front of this. I remember many years ago you were my guest at the State of the Union, and we went out to dinner before the State of the Union, and you brought this up. It must have been four or five years ago. Yeah. Uh, so you've been in front of this. My my concern, Glenn, is that the government uses it as the ultimate social tracking tool. Uh, it takes work. It takes determined hard work on the part of bureaucrats to make your lives miserable and to spy on you. But with AI, they could automate the whole thing mm-hmm. and have 350 million Americans under the watch. They could tell the AI, go out and find all of the URLs that Glenn Beck has visited for the last 20 years and be very diligent and search every server everywhere. And I could see an AI doing that. So I'm not, I'm not that concerned about its use in private sector. Now, let me put a little postmark on that or, or a post-it note, because the private sector is working hand in glove with the government. We just found out yep. from an FBI whistleblower that Bank of America uh, released the gun records of everybody who used a Bank of America card to buy a hot dog between January 5th and January 7th. Like they, they claim they, the FBI whistleblower claims that Bank of America volunteered that. So my concern is, does AI fall in the hands of the government? We could write laws to stop that. And, you know, government abuses people. But then my secondary concern is the private sector uses AI and contracts for the government. And they think they've found a loophole to the Constitution. Yeah. And that sounds most likely. I mean, I've talked to several people and and, uh, you know, they said, well, you know, we could pause it maybe and the government can get involved in laws. And I said, first of all, most of the people up on Capitol Hill don't know how to use their even cell phone. They're so old. Um, you know, who are you going to talk to up there? And Kamala Harris being in charge of of the uh, the the summit on it is a joke. But I'm I'm not sure that I, I'm not sure who runs the nation anymore. If it is the government and they have big tech under their thumb or big tech has the government under their thumb. I, I don't want either of them with this kind of technology. The, the reality is we have congressional staffers, not the staffers that work for your congressman, but the ones who work for the committees. And, and a lot of them are, are good people, but there are detailees that come from the executive branch to Congress to work inside of these uh, committees. And then you have people who work on K Street or they worked for a, a big tech company and they come in and they work on these committees, not for any particular congressman. But that's where most of the laws get written. And I'm afraid that a lot of congressmen are going to defer to these detailees from industry and and private business. Yeah. Um, uh, Thomas, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. If you get a response to your letter and if you if you want to send me that letter, I'd love to post that. Um, But uh, please let us know what's you know, what's happening on this front. This is I've I've never seen our government. Uh, take so much care to make so many Americans felons overnight. It's disgusting, and we need to stop it. I'll send you the letter, Glenn. Okay. Thank you very much for covering that. You bet. We're a week away. Thank All you. Right. Thanks, Bye-bye. Thomas. Bye-bye. Well, that's the uh, closest I've gotten to an answer from anyone. Um, and it's not an answer. It's not an answer. No, I mean, I, there's a lot of 
potential legal answers there at least and at least what, that's he, something and what he said is so even more terrifying they're not going door to door he believes that they will if they want you on something else they'll come in and check and see if you have this so this is just a way again to exert power over people all right, uh, billionaire Stanley Drucken, uh, Druckenmiller said that he is shorting the dollar. Some people buy gold as an alternative way to short the dollar, since the two typically move in opposite of one another. He's not doing it to short it. He said it's his only confident trade. He sees this is the most unpredictable period of his career, and it is when the dollar fades or crashes Gold and other precious metals are the historic go-to. Goldline has been helping people acquire these metals since 1960. They've been around for a long time for a good reason. They're good at what they do. They're honest. And don't take my word for it. Do your own homework. Check them out today. See if they're right for you. Goldline, I have trusted with, um, with my transactions for almost 20 years now. Goldline is bringing back one of their most popular specials, their historic $5 Indian and Liberty coins. Ask them why I buy those in particular. They come with 100 free copper Mayflower rounds with each qualifying tube or box of historic $5 gold coins. Call Goldline today. The number is 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Certainly glad Thomas Massey's out there actually looking at this stuff. He's one of those people who defends the Second Amendment even when it's not comfortable. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, when you do have the tragedies that do occur, you have to still maintain the principle that you had the day before. Yep. You know, and the only thing that will save us is the, is God and the Constitution. That's it. There's no way you can't you can't cheat either one of those. Can't. No. And of course, you can change the Constitution if you want. You want to come out and, and remove the Second Amendment, you can attempt that. You can see how that goes for you. I'm sure it'll go very, very well politically. But even if you were able to do it, you're in a situation where you still have 400 million guns on the streets. You still, I mean, this is just, this country it, it has a gun culture that it, if but you see, want to deny in this sort of sim city world where you're building a country from scratch to solve these problems, you can do it. You can play those games if you want. I'm sure they're entertaining, but it's not reality. Not what you have here. But see, all you have to do is take first the warriors off the street. Take the take the people like guy who's choking out the uh, the crazy guy on the subway. Mm -hmm. Take him out. Get those guys to sit down. Make make those people not step up and Correct. let whatever happens happen. Correct. Then take people who have guns um, and just the you know just the you know not the uh, AR fifteens at first. Something else that narrows it down to even a smaller pool. Find something on them. Take that gun away. Now you've got people trained. Don't go and publicly uh, gather together because January 6th could happen. Uh, sit down and shut up and take it. And the people with the guns, you, you better be careful. These people got 10 years for something that makes no sense whatsoever. Hmm. Uh, let me uh, let me ask you a hypothetical. Mm. You offer to Democrats, you say, hey, 
we will agree to this rule. Y- you get to choose the number. You have to set the age for gun ownership the same age as you uh, as voting rights. What number do they set it at? Four. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be right. I think so. They wouldn't have a problem. If they could get those votes in, they'd be like, four, let them buy a handgun. We'll stop them. (laughs) (laughs) I think you might be right. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Fascinating. They they keep saying it's the biggest problem out there. I don't know that I believe them. I don't know that I believe they even believe that guns are the real problems in our society. And they certainly don't believe that white people are the biggest problem. (laughs) They just think the whole culture... And the Constitution is the biggest problem Mm. out there. All right, back in just a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. In Land O'Lakes, Florida, Tunnel to Towers Foundation is building a community called the Let Us Do Good Village. It's going to have about 100 homes for their program participants. And who are those people? Well, the first two families who have already moved in, Gold Star family and the family of a severely wounded hero who served our nation, more is coming. But this is a special place where families will be able to come together and heal. It's a special place where children can grow up and experience life together and share the things that uh, share the burdens that they all have in common. And thanks to an amazing donation of the land, which it sits on, um... We have the land, and because of your donation, we have the money to build the houses. Hopefully, this will be the first of its kind in America. Every mortgage-free home the foundation makes is making good on their promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of our heroes and the things that they have done for our country and our communities. Would you be willing to donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org? Join me, Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is fed up. You can save 30 bucks off your annual subscription to Blaze TV. Let's look at some of the political things uh, going on. A second IRS whistleblower has alleged retaliation now for raising concerns that the Justice Department leadership was acting inappropriately on the investigation into Hunter Biden. So what these guys, this is a second now, what they're saying is that the Justice Department came in and said, "Uh, yeah, you guys don't need to look at all of that stuff. And they're like, excuse me, we're the IRS. We are looking at all the banking stuff and all the money stuff. Eh, You don't really need to. And then that whole staff was let go. This guy is now coming forward, and he is going to be giving testimony on Friday. Um, Our client learned that one of the agents he supervises, so this is not a low-level guy. This is a supervisor at the IRS. The case agent on the case our client is uh, blowing the whistle on sent you an email on Thursday in which the IRS case agent raised concerns about the Hunter Biden investigation. This is what the lawyers wrote in a letter. 
But the IRS leadership quickly responded with accusations of criminal conduct and warnings to other agents in an apparent attempt to intimidate into silence anyone who might raise any similar concerns. So in this, Congress is saying you got to stop harassing these whistleblowers. It's got to stop now. Now, the FBI has just failed yesterday to sign over a document that whistleblowers say the FBI have, which is showing um, a criminal scheme involving Vice President Joe Biden and a foreign national. They won't admit to having it or admit to not having it. It's just part of an ongoing investigation, and uh, we can't really comment on that. So they, Congress, which oversees the FBI, Congress has said, you have to produce this. Um, they, they said first by May 3rd, May 3rd, you got you to gotta release it May 3rd. Then they said by uh, yesterday, they were going to have a closed door meetings with the FBI. So we want to see that at the closed door meetings. They still won't produce it. So now, I guess the um, House Oversight and Accountability Committee uh, are going to, what? I don't know. Maybe Maybe another sternly worded letter or I'm not sure. But they're backing Congress into a corner. And I, I just, I don't know. I'm starting to have hope that there are enough people in Congress, at least, uh, I don't know about the Senate, but in the Congress, that uh, they're going to fight their way out of this. They're not going to take this. For so long, there's been that belief that eventually Congress would step up and take the power that they have. They have to. Right? Like, the, I mean, we've talked about the Reins Act with Mike Lee recently. And, and by the way, that is in... If it's left in there, that the Reins Act is in the um, budget deal. That would be massive. It would be a really, massive. really big improvement to our government and our country. Uh, it basically would limit them from making these little rules that no one votes on. That what's the, what is a hundred million dollars in effect? I mean, this, yeah, I mean, it should be so obvious that it right. shouldn't. You shouldn't need a new act to do it. But if if you're going to affect the economy by a hundred million dollars or more, <laughs> you have to get a, a vote of approval. You can't just do it willy nilly. Yeah, it it pretty much takes away the um, the power of the administrative state to do things like the ATF is doing right now. Mm. You can't just make up laws. The laws are created by Congress, and this is so. I mean, you talk about the Basic. Constitution and the and the importance of it all the time, but it, it's so important because what people have done have decided they've decided. You know what? We want things. We can't have the things by these rules. So let's come up with new rules. The Reins Act is a good example of this, where they just decided, well, we'll just give all the power to the administrative state, and we'll just let them make all these rules up. Therefore, we don't have to go through all the trouble of the vote and the debate and exposing this to the American people. We might get voted out. Let's give the, uh, we'll give the responsibility for those things to other people and let them do it without a vote, without any approval. Uh, you know, the Soros... Uh, DAs are another great example of this. Mm-hmm. We can't get people to approve laws that just let violent criminals out of prison. So what if we instead spend a bunch of money? It, it's a very effective process financially very because good. you don't have to spend that much money to win a, D, a local DA election. Spend a bunch of money, get some local DA elected, and then tell them 
ignore all the laws. Ignore them. Just you have prosecutorial discretion. So just don't don't do any of it. Just bend that rule to the millionth degree and then go out there and ignore all the laws that have been passed. You don't want criminals to go to jail? Fine. You want sanctuary cities? Fine. Just don't just ignore all that stuff. Who cares if those are laws? And so they've decided to try to go around the Constitution and around the rule of law by doing these things. It's happened in the executive state. It's happened in the uh, you know on a state by state basis, as localized as cities. And this is their plan. They're, they've given up trying to actually win these debates. They've just decided to go around them and and wait for you to think it's normal, and then they don't have to win the debate. Well, hopefully the Reigns Act will be left into this uh, bill, but I, I don't know what's going to be left into the bill. Uh, we're talking about the um, uh, the, the bill on thing. the debt ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm watching McCarthy, and he seems rock solid on this. You know, they always started too late. We've been telling the Republicans since November that they had the and this time. It's the Republicans, because the first thing McCarthy did when he got in was send a letter to the White House. We have to start working on this right now because there are some things that we are not going to approve. So we need to start negotiating. And now the Democrats are behind the eight ball. Yeah. What did McCarthy say? They did not negotiate for 97 days after it was initially proposed. Right. And what's so silly about this, they keep saying, well, well, we don't want to set the precedent that we have to negotiate every time we need a debt ceiling increase. Uh, That would be crazy. What? What? Why? Why? (laughs) First of all, and if you're telling me that the default is so terrible, right? It's the worst thing out there. And I do agree it would be catastrophic if we went to default. But we won't. We shouldn't, right? We won't. It just requires... Uh, Congress and the Secretary of the Treasury to sit down and select what's going to be paid and what's not going to be paid. Right. And you'll have a long road mm-hmm. there. Um, now, you shouldn't even get to that point, of course, because the Republicans have put out a bill that is pretty sensible. I mean, it has minor, minor cuts in our government spending, not even cuts. They're just cuts in the future increases. They're not even cuts. They're cuts to the future increases of spending. It is not we're going back to what 2019 spending levels mm-hmm. in a lot of these categories. Oh no, this is not that catastrophic. It's not that ridiculous, but to, for us to default, the Democrats would have to say that these minor cuts to future increases is worse for the country than default because they have an option. There's been a bill that's already been passed by Republicans. It's already been passed. All they have to do is get on board with it. So if they thought that this was worse than default, then perhaps it would be sensible for us to go into default. But obviously, it's not worse than default. It So just get in there and negotiate something out that's in between. We get that the Republicans might not get everything that they want, but find out a place to, to settle this. Because they keep saying, well, you know, if we don't, if we negotiate, then that's going to encourage future negotiations around the debt ceiling yes well yeah that's the whole point of the debt ceiling the point of the debt ceiling is like a gut check and saying hey guys you keep bumping up against this number that has trillion in it maybe instead you should think about how to get a little bit more fiscally responsible and instead they're like well we're just gonna we're basically gonna show them by defaulting we're gonna show them we don't want to default so much that we're going to just default well that's a that's an inane argument what do you think he's gonna do 
Do you I, think he's going to negotiate and come to something, or you think he's going to just play hardball and go, nope, no negotiation? Because that's what he, that's where he's at. No negotiation. He seems to be weakening a little bit on that, and I do think eventually we will get to a place where Republicans will be able to claim a little bit of a win. Democrats will say we didn't give them everything that they wanted. They held us hostage. They're bad people. They're mean. And eventually we get this. I will say it is May 23rd. <laughs> now, I don't believe the June 1st date. The June 1st date is is not true. Mm-hmm. But fundamentally, it could be true if the right n- number of people pushed in a direction that was hurtful to the, Ameri- the United States. I mean, it, people with bad intent could make that date true. You're As you point out, Glenn, they can... Stop funding turtle tunnels for a while yeah. and give us extra days. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things they can stop funding and set up not paying our debt. And I think their argument based on the 14th Amendment where they say, well, it says in the 14th Amendment, our debts are, you know, we we have to pay them. So we have to pay them. Well, that would indicate that they would have to not pay a bunch of other stuff before they got to not paying the debt, right? Like, it's just like in your own household. Hey, we have uh, the kids' summer camp budgeted here, but we don't have enough money to pay the rent. Which one do we pay? You don't pay the summer camp thing first. And then you get and to the there's point. lots of summer lots camps. Lots of summer camps. Now, according to Joe Biden, there is literally not $1 we can cut from this budget. You know what's really weird his is because that's what Nancy Pelosi said yeah. years ago. The cupboards are bare. Fair. Nothing to cut. And then we added like $7 trillion and it's still bare? <laughs> yeah, apparently that was How all very necessary. How much money? I mean, everyone knows, of course, there's money to, to save. You might even say that there are important programs that you like, but still, every organization has waste. I mean, I, it, waste would at least buy us some time. But, uh, you know, non-essential programs would also buy us a lot more. And so there is more time than, than June 1st, but it is, you know, a little... It's a, little, it's a little close. You kind of like to get this thing uh, settled and maybe put in a little bit of a harder cap for next time. Maybe put one, put a cap out there that's a few years in the future that says we actually shouldn't get to this, guys. Let's try not. Let's not worry about the negotiation next time when we get there. Let's come up with a plan to not hit it next time. Mm-hmm. Why don't maybe we go the other way? Maybe instead of increasing the debt every single time, we go the opposite way and decrease it. What do you think about that idea? I know it's wild and crazy, but maybe that was more fundamental to what the founders were talking about with the 14th Amendment than what you're doing here, where you're just increasing it all the time and yelling at people when they ask you to spend a little bit less. Well, I just don't think we can spend less, Stu. I I just don't think that's even possible. (laughs) Cupboards are bare. Uh Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Here's uh, our commercial uh, sponsor this half hour. It's Rough Greens. Thomas wrote in about his dog. He said, I have two Huskies. I have to admit, I didn't expect much. I thought for sure it was a gimmick, but I am a believer. It's only been three weeks, and their fur looks incredible. The stamina is overwhelming. Thank you so much. Thomas, I had the same experience with Uno. Healthy food is not brown. It's green. Rough greens. This uh, it was put together by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black. He invented the solution of rough greens, and it's stock full of vitamins and minerals and probiotics and antioxidants. It's a supplement that you put on your dog's food, and your dog is going to be healthier, happier. Most dogs love it right away, but they have a special for you. They don't want you paying for anything that your dog won't eat. So the first bag is free. 
Just get your first bag free. You just pay for shipping. Go to roughgreens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Uh, we have uh, somebody who was trying to go through the gates uh, at the White House in like a big U-Haul truck. Uh, apparently, he's a Nazi. Yeah, they, uh, the, the law enforcement authorities took out the stuff from inside of his truck. Now, hang on just a second. They're at the White House? Uh, it was outside the White House. Yeah, yeah, why would you take that out? I mean, look at the, look at the Nashville shooter. We can't even get the document. Okay, We uh, can't no. know anything about it. Why would they open up and just they just put it out on the ground? He kind of put it on the ground to display for the media looking at oh, it in okay. case they wanted to just see what it was. That happens all the time. I remember that happening. Very normal. Oh, very normal. Very anyway, normal. go ahead. And uh, the one of the things this apparent white supremacist had on him was a Nazi flag with wow. a swastika and such. Man, I hate these white supremacists. Yeah. What's white. this guy's name? Billy Joe Bob? Billy Joe Bob Jones Bob? Yeah, yeah. No. No. It's uh, Cy... Cy... Varshith... Varshith... Kandula. Kandula. This according to Carol Markowitz, hmm. uh, who that has... That sounds like somebody from Nebraska. Cy... Cy... Varshith... Kandula. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I've seen his photo... He would stand out at a white supremacist gathering. Really? I would, would he? say, you know, I think there might be some conversations. Well, going you know on what? There. But the the new KKK is completely different, Stuart. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, well, yeah. they they have uh, they have a you know the whole t- tried to redo the whole you know KKK thing. They have and, tried to remake these organizations. Yeah, and to they be more accepting apparently. Right, and they with you much know, success. Right, I mean, this is working. Cause, yeah, because you've got. All of the minorities joining this white supremacy group. Yeah. Do we, lately, do we have the... Yeah, go ahead and play this. You, you remember? The new K... Yeah. New KKK, we love the colors, Jews and gays. We don't lynch them per se. It's the new KKK way. Yeah, see, this yeah. makes total sense. Yeah, this fits this with, with, that, <laughs> with that remaking. Right. Remaking of the KKK. Now, you would ask yourself, why would... A white supremacist group want members that are not white. Right. You'd think that would lead to several awkward conversations. <laughs> yeah, it know? might like, be. A we're little... glad you came. Yeah. Thank you for the Sabaro you brought. But but just yeah. you know, in the future we'd appreciate you being more white. <laughs> yes. You know, if you were to yeah. join our I mean, there is a reason these guys might not be white and they're allowing them to join is uh <laughs> is that well, sure. If you know, maybe maybe enrollment is down. Right. Well, no, because no. I've told it's like the number one threat you're to right, the country. You're right. So enrollment's that would way up. I think. Yeah, it's got to be way up. What is it? I'd like to hear. Like, maybe tomorrow we'll go to KKK members uh, and ask them because they're everywhere. I hear everywhere. Apparently so. Yeah. I am. So. I just feel like they should. You know, there was a time where they had real standards at the KKK. They usually yeah. wanted their people. <laughs> 
to be white. To be white. And well, they now are just opening this and, up and opening the doors yeah, to and everyone. It's, we don't know it's a KKK. This it might have been a Nazi white. Yeah, I guess it was a but Nazi. But I don't remember a lot of Jews. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like that it, stood out to me that they, right. they really wanted people to look a certain way. Right. Yeah. And it's weird. The Glenn Beck program.